And this is Evan Marquette, betting coach for smart, strong, successful women, your personal trainer for love, welcoming you back to the Love You podcast, where you're going to learn everything you need to know about dating, relationships, sex, and men from a man's point of view. Except today, we're not coming from a man's point of view. We are talking to my friend, Kira Sabin. Now, I don't know how I heard about Kira. Um, it, the dating coaching world is a relatively small one, but when I discovered her, I was in awe. She is a badass truth teller who puts women first. She has the best website in our entire business, the most direct profane way of communicating, which I think is highly necessary. And I'm constantly telling her how I admire, admire her from afar. This is Kira Sabin. She is a certified life coach for single, the ringmaster of the dating shit show for the League of Adventurous Singles, podcast HuffPo blogger, world traveler, seven layers of ridiculous, and she is your new best friend. I introduce to you, Kira Saban. Hi, Kira. Hey, Evan. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you because you are, you, you are uh, without peer, uh, the most entertaining writer in this entire business. You let it all hang out, and uh, I think the world needs uh, a lot more of you in it. I mean, let me just say I'm blown away by the compliments before we start talking and right now. I mean, you're going to get everything that you want to know today because I, I love compliments. Okay. Uh, well, there's nothing not, not to love. I, 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 you come from a different place, uh, literally and, um, and figuratively, than a lot of people because you have this really unique blend of, of being a fierce advocate for your your clients and helping them have fun and gain confidence, right? right? But you're not afraid to tell it like it is, which is obviously the thing that I, I value the most. A lot of people don't like to tell it like it is. And you tell it like it is in a way that's direct and entertaining and they can still hear it. And there's right. some special alchemy when you could do that. I like to think so. I mean, it's nine years in the making. I'm still stirring it. It's, 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 it's there and it keeps evolving, you know? So you've been doing this for nine years. Nine years. Why is 2017 in particular such a shit show for <laughs> dating? Like, what, have we devolved or does it seem like we've devolved? I just think that our expectations have changed, right? So if we think back to what our parents wanted or our grandparents wanted, I mean, my, gra my grandmother just wanted a nice boy from down the road, right? From a nice family. That was her goal. And that's what she got. And I don't know if my mom was anything more than that, but now we want partnerships. We want a co-parent. We want somebody who is our rock, but makes us laugh. We want somebody who, you know, we supposedly uh, sexually want all the time. I mean, our expectations are huge, but yet we haven't done any work to get to that relationship that we all want. So, so that's why I think it's really tough right now. Is that relationship... In that form, the way you described it, is it possible or are there trade-offs? There's always trade-offs, right? You know, I but, mean, if but you aren't are... you telling women to settle? Hey, hey, you're not going to tell women to settle, are you? <laughs> Clearly, you have not read my you, article. You, you, wait, you, you know, I'm fucking with you, right? Okay, good. Okay, but like... I'm saying, but that that's the first that's the first response is trade-off is this long leap to being miserable because I've I've traded off before on the guy who didn't make that much money and I had to support him it, and it becomes that real quick slippery slope to misery when I've never met a dating coach who advocates misery and I've never met a dating coach who didn't say yeah you can't get everything in one package the question is what can and can't you live without I mean to me it's actually a couple of different things like first of all one of the things that I do with people is we figure out what you actually need 
That's the thing. People don't fucking know. All they know is what list that Oprah told them a while ago of what they should be looking for or, you know, or something that they see that their friend has, but that doesn't mean it's what they need, right? Like notice that I'm saying, not saying the word want, but need. So like what I do with people is figure out exactly who they are and what helps them thrive in a relationship. Cause it gets a lot easier to see and find what you're looking for. If you actually know what you're looking for. I think that's a huge problem right now. Yeah. I mean, how do you find the, needle in a haystack if you don't know what the needle looks like. Right. Absolutely. And I'll tell you this, when you are being hurt in a relationship, when you are with somebody who you can solve problems with, when you are with somebody who actually you wake up feeling good every day, a lot of that stuff that seemed like a huge fucking deal in the beginning isn't anymore. And, but when you say that, I know, and you know that there are women saying that doesn't even exist. That, that, that can't exist. I've never right. been with a guy who, has my back 100% of the time and puts me first. Right, self-fulfilling prophecy much? That's all I have to say to that, right? If you don't are you, believe are, are it's you out blaming, there. Are you blaming the victim now? I, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Because uh, here's how, what I will. I, I agree with everything you say. I'm playing the woman who is triggered by your words, right? Because again, we say the same stuff with slightly different language. Right, right? <laughs> slightly so, different language. So it's, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy and I say the same thing, but when someone feels like I'm, I've been consistently wronged by men, disappointed by men, let down by men, how is that my fault? Ready? What does it all lead back to, right? That men. Back to <laughs> you and I both know that's not true. And I'm I know, I'm, I'm role playing here. I know we can't are. say the same thing. <laughs> well, we can, because I think it just empowers it, the fact that you're right, Evan, like we do say a lot of the same things. I do it with a little bit more profanity and I talk about unicorns. However, you know I what, I that. know, you know what, but one of the things that I say first, when I take on a new client, or I start a new class is there are no victims here, right? There are no victims where you are at are because of choices that you have made, right? It's what you have allowed. It is what you have let in. It is what you have on some level attracted and it's probably out of fear. So we're going to work on you because that's the only thing that can change this landscape. Great. So how do we, because I, I, a, a phrase that I've been saying for years is you don't attract the wrong men, right? You're not a bad mad magnet. They come and stick to you. Like, why do these bad men happen to me? You, you don't attract, you accept. Right. A woman with confidence will be like, okay, douchebag, next, right? Next, next, next is going to have a zero tolerance policy for breadcrumbs and bullshit. Right. And yet they believe they attract them. And, and I think it's just a boundary issue that they're willing to put up with things. How do you get in there and give them a shot of self-esteem if their, their whole worldview is men lie, men cheat, men disappoint, men are selfish, men are always looking for younger, thinner, prettier and it's so deeply ingrained in their worldview. How do you turn something like that, a belief of 30, 40, 50 years around? I mean, it's not easy. So, right? Like if that's what you believe, if that's actually what you believe, or you've been taught by maybe your mom, I've actually had clients come to me and say, you know, my mom sat me down when I was 10 and said, you know, don't trust men. You have to do everything for yourself. Like yeah. I've actually had people say that to me, yeah. you know, that's going to take, that's going to take a change, but we, we, we do it by, by making small changes and proving something different. 
right? So that starts with, like I said, getting, knowing what you need. But the other problem is, and I, I'm sure you see this all the time, is most people don't have the skills, right? Like they don't have the basic relationship skills to be able to set those boundaries and communicate on a level that allows them to see what that person actually is and if they can be great for them. So, so again, I'm, I'm left with the, the what and the how. Because I, I could agree with the, 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 the framework. We, we, we probably do very similar things, again, right. without unicorns. <laughs> it was perfect because you lifted the, the, the mug yeah, at the same time. Mug. I know. Unicorn branding. Um, but the devil's in the details. So right. you, you have a woman. She's 44. She's divorced. She made a mistake with her first husband. She suffered for a dozen years. Uh, he left her. She didn't have the courage to leave. He left her. So her self-esteem is shot. She doesn't look like she did 20 years ago. Online dating is intimidating. And she's like, help me. I, I don't want to live my life alone. I just have very little faith in anything. Where, where does one begin? I mean, we begin with a couple of different things that I believe right? So the core of everything I do, Evan, and I actually listened to a couple of your previous podcasts this morning because that's the kind of podcast guest I am. Guest I am. Wow. Yeah. And, and, you still, and you still showed up. Of course I did. Of course I did. Because I was like, we need to have some really good conversation here. Um, we start looking at the decisions where we're making our decisions, right? You heard me say this a couple of minutes ago, love versus fear. The core of everything I do is looking at where you're making decisions from. Now, a lot of times when I say, if you make a decision out of love, people think romantic love, right? Like I am going to sacrifice myself for this supposedly good relationship and that's out of love. It's not. When I talk about making a decision out of love, it's a decision out of love for yourself. It's a decision out of love for, for the bigger relationship. It's even sometimes the decision of love for the world. You know, it's a bigger decision out of love. And most of the time we are dating out of fear. We are dating out of loneliness. We are dating out of abandonment issues. We are dating out of so many different places. And when we date out of fear, we create relationships out of fear, right? So the first thing we do is we look at how do we start changing and being aware of how you're making decisions. Is it out of love? Is it out of fear? Yeah. You know, when you go on a date with somebody and they say some things that don't really feel good, but you're really attracted to them. So you're like, mm, is that a decision out of love or fear? Now, the decision of love for me is you actually set the boundary there. You say, hey, what you said there is actually not okay with me. I'm, I'm sure you didn't mean it, um, but this is what would actually, you know, feel better in the future. Now, that person's either going to pick that up and go, wow, this woman has some confidence. This woman has some worth. Or they're going to be like, whoa. And you know what? We need to know that sooner than later. Yeah. I like it. Wisconsin? I live in Madison, Wisconsin. Wisconsin, right? It is, there's not much of a dating coach community. You might be the, the queen of dating coaches for the entire I, Midwest. You know what? I don't actually advertise here ever. You know, I sometimes weirdly find people who are like, I saw you through this site, through that site. And then I realized you were in Madison, but I, I, I don't really uh, coach locally. So I may. It, it sort of doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter. Like you're, I just. You're, in, you're an international presence. I am. I, uh, we just, my boyfriend and I and our dog Rex just lived in Costa Rica for the winter. That's cool. So yeah, it was hot. Literally super, hot. Super hot. Okay, <laughs> really that's what we think of it. Super hot. Yeah, so super hot. You created this thing called the League of Adventurous Singles. Yes, I did. That's a big, that's a big name. That's, that almost, I know. it's like a, has like a superhero type implication. All right. Uh, 
Yeah, well, like it's like it the League of Justice or something, League of Adventurous Singles. Where'd that come from? Why'd you create it? Who's it for? Well, you know, I think that you have learned, Evan, in the, the I, I've known you kind of since the beginning. Your tango, by the way, is where we know each other from. Got it. Uh, Thanks for answering that. So uh, I think we know that I am not a fragile flower. I like bold things. So when I was going to name my new brand, it was like, what do I name it? And actually, this just kind of came to me because I wanted something that was fun. Because one of the things that I think is missing in the whole dating, love, relationship, like, world is, like, actually having fun while we're doing this, yeah. right? It's kind of like, I'm in this painful single place, and now I just need to, like, you know, suffer through until I find a boyfriend who loves me, even though I don't really like myself. And then, like, you know, I settle for a bunch of shit, and then I'm super unhappy, right? Like, you know, first of all, nothing I talk about goes along with that, let alone I wanted us to also have fun while we were doing it, create a place where women could come together and be on the same page, not be victims, right? Not sit here and, and uh, share bad online dating stories and stuff like that, but actually talk about who they want to be, you know, who they want to become, like who they are in a relationship and then how to get that in a, in a positive way. You know, and they do that. One of the things that I do is I, I do scavenger hunts, right? So I think one of the most fun ways to meet new people and to build confidence is to create a checklist or a scavenger hunt and go out with a friend on a Saturday afternoon. I didn't say you had to do it alone or sober and just, you know, talk to people. And, and uh, it's a great way, like I said, to meet people and build confidence. And they're pretty ridiculous, just like well, me. I mean, the, uh, the, the great idea behind that and, and I've spent a decent amount of time thinking about, about flirting and what it means to flirt um, and how to get someone who's not naturally extroverted or not, or not uh, naturally flirtatious to do that. And I never considered scavenger hunts, of course, that's, that's yours. But what's wonderful about that is it's a built-in excuse, mm -hmm. right? Um, there's a whole pretext for why you're doing your silly thing. It's easy conversation. It's light. It's not, so where do you see yourself in five years? Or right. what do you do for a living? Or right, it's, it's, it is so ridiculous. And it starts off everything with a note of fun. So if you meet someone in the context of doing a scavenger hunt, you're going to have a silly, light, no pressure conversation. You're Absolutely. not assessing whether he's your future husband. And he's certainly not assessing whether you're his wife. It's just, it, it, it's a really neat idea that I, I never, certainly never occurred to me. So more, more props to you for it. So how do you do, I mean, where, where does one go to go on League of Adventurous Singles scavenger hunts? And how do you make them coincide with eligible single men? I mean, so first of all, like I kind of have checklists and scavenger hunts that once you're part of the league are, are free. You know, so you can kind of pick up and do them at any time. You can, like I said, grab a friend on a Saturday afternoon or a Saturday evening. Uh, there's some that are for nights out. There are some that um, I'm starting to create actually situations. So there's going to be one for when you go to a wedding, right? And to meet new people and like just kind of silly things that are not like crazy, like obnoxious at a wedding, but just get you talking to new people. Right. So I either call them scavenger huts or sometimes checklists. It's something I've personally been doing since the nineties. And I, and I just started like incorporating in my coaching. I'm like, Ooh, let's create a checklist. And they're like, what? And I'm like, let's create something fun for you to do this week to just get you talking to new people, to just get you comfortable in approaching someone. Yes. And is it, okay. is it universal? I mean, like could a checklist for a woman in Seattle work for a woman in New York or is it sort of. Absolutely. Because it's I, not. I was just wondering if you have yeah. like, like 
you know, location specific things that one's doing, right? No, Turn left at Columbus Circle and turn to the first guy to your right near the hot dog stand. I mean. It's more like things such as, uh, I mean, you know, you know, easier to the ridiculous. The ridiculous are things like start a dance off with somebody, mm-hmm. right? Or um, talk to people and ask them if they could invent an Olympic sport, what would it be? Or, you know what I mean? Like things that just start really funny conversations. So I'm going to dovetail this right now. This is, you didn't see this coming, but boom, we're, we're here. We're, let's the, very, the, the very thing that you're talking about, your checklists, your scavenger hunts, this is the way I encourage women to initiate contact with men in online dating. I did not see this coming, Evan Marquez. I did not. Please continue. It, it is, you know, we, you alluded to the fact, something that I didn't remember that we didn't necessarily see eye to eye on online dating. And online dating, the way most people do it, you're right. Problem is most people aren't doing it right. Exactly. Right? exactly. Hey, uh, you wear glasses. I love glasses. Here's my number. Text me which is a real terrible pickup line. It's just instant gratification, direct. It's not the way people talk in real life. Right. So to be effective at online dating, you need to be able to get into conversations that feel like meeting someone at a cocktail party. And that means you have to have a great profile. You need to be able to read between the lines on someone's profile and be able to ask silly questions in a first email that are different than what everybody else is doing. So it's funny when you said the, if you could invent an Olympic sport, that is exactly the kind of thing that I tell women to write to men based on something that they put in their profile, right? To create the same thing. So online dating done the way you do your offline dating could be as fun and reach more people than real life. So I just want to point out that, that we don't necessarily disagree. It's that online dating is a, a little higher bar to raise. It's, it's trickier to do that without that in-person connection but it's possible and it's effective. So that's all I got. Absolutely. No, I actually think that um, what you said, we totally agree on, by the way, which is most people aren't doing it right. And that's why it drives me nuts is because, you know, in theory, it's a fantastic idea. Um, Communism in theory is a fantastic idea. Agreed, and I use that as an example all the time. (laughs) Oh my God. We're becoming the same person, Evan Marquez. Okay. I always call you by your whole name, by the way. Evan Marquez? yeah, even in my head. I don't know why. I, I, it's, it's a, I'm just Evan. Uh, there's a guy who's the executive producer of the TV show 24 named Evan Katz. And he was in the Writers Guild before I was. So if you've ever seen a Hollywood celebrity with three names or an initial, a Michael J. Fox or a Tommy Lee Jones, or right. someone got their name first. So Absolutely. that's the only reason I'm Evan Mark Katz is because someone got my name first. But yeah, but I mean, what you're saying, like... I don't actually, if you use it and it feels good, have an issue with it, right? It's just the fact that right now it's not being done very well by mo- most people and they end up feeling yucky. Yeah. So I'm behind you, Evan. Yeah, I'm I, mean, I, think, I, I think it's, but, it, but that's, that makes it no different than dating or relationships is if you choose the wrong men, doesn't matter how good you are at relationships, you could have all the skills in the world, but right. if, if he's an insensitive bore, you're screwed. So we, in online dating, there's just more people who have more access to you. There's a lot of losers that we sift through, but if you're going to do it, here's how you do it right. And if you're going to go out and smile at a guy at a bar and make conversation, here's how to do it right. And if you're going to deal with him making the first move at the end of the first date and trying to take you back to his place, here's how you're going to handle it right. And right. just walking people through best practices 
instead of saying, I'm going to avoid sex, I'm going to avoid dating, I'm going to avoid online dating. Right. <laughs> which is, well, which is a, a very normal reaction to failure. Absolutely. Are you kidding? I mean, you know, there's a reason why I talk to women who are single as fuck, right? Like that's, that's Sing, my- Single as fuck. Fuck in that, in that case is an adverb? What? Do you, have you not heard of this expression as fuck? Like it's a no, thing no, but I'm, I'm trying thing. to hear how you use it. What what is what is the the, the part of speech when someone is single as fuck? <laughs> is this an English lesson that I'm supposed to be? No, uh, I I mean, just the idea of they've replaced they removed themselves, right? They they kind of uh, tried and failed, or it didn't go the way they wanted to, and then you just get really scared, right? Or overwhelmed, or you get so wrapped up in your life that you kind of just go, this feels easier over here, you know, watching Netflix and drinking box wine than having to put myself out there, right? That's, it's really scary and overwhelming to a lot of women. What is the normal range of age ranges that people come to you uh, when they're in the most dire need of your coaching? I, I, I kind of have two kind of, I'd love to hear who your uh, clients are. I have two sets of clients. So I have women who are usually late twenties and, and thirties and kind of up who are single, still single, are surprised they're still single and going, Hey, what just happened here? Uh, and then I have women who are divorced, right? And don't want to make the same mistakes. Do not want to go back into a relationship or the same kind of relationship. They want to do it different. So those are my, my two people. And they usually tend to be, like I said, late 20s to probably late 40s. Mm-hmm. That's, those, those are my people. And is there a reason that women over 50 are, are, are less likely to, to, to join you? Is it, too, is it too much fun or too many unicorns or too much profanity? Because I would think maybe, that- Maybe the trifecta, who knows? Because I, 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 would, I would actually think that women over the age of 50 would need you more than anybody because I think that's, that's when it, it gets even harder. The pool of men gets scarcer. The responsibilities of, of being a, a, a important at your job or a, a, a mother of teenagers, I would just think that the person who could use the greatest dose of fun would be that woman. Well, I'll tell you, I do get clients of all ages. They just tend to be, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a little bit of, you know, also my voice, just meaning that, the way that I speak to people um, feels a little bit younger. People are Got sometimes, it. I'm 44, I just turned 44, and people are like, oh, oh you're, you're like a child. Really? How old are you? I'm 44. I'm turning 45 <laughs> uh, in, in, uh, in about a month. I'll be 45. So yeah, I mean, they're like, I, I, was, I might even be like a great older than you. you I think you are. Yeah, I think you so. are. But I think that people sometimes make the assumption that I'm, I'm younger because of the way that I write and the way that I speak. Um, but, you know, there's a, there's a shit ton of knowledge in this brain. So Totally, totally. Well, we're going to get some more shit ton of knowledge. We talked briefly about stuff that was important to us that we wanted to make sure we covered during this podcast. Um, so sort of without any segue, I want to talk about with Kira and actually ask Kira about her perception of what it means to settle um, and how that's completely distinct from compromising, um, right. but is often conflated by people who hear, hear the word compromise and leap to settling. So Kira, what's, what's your take on this and how do you help women navigate this? I've settled before, I'm never gonna do that again. And how dare my coach not advocate for me to get everything I want in a man? 
right you know because that's possible um I, I wrote an article a while ago it's called the truth about settling because i think one of the things that annoys me the most is occasionally when i i see life coaches or dating coaches or whoever and like everything they are like never settle don't settle um and i'm a little bit like what does that even mean? Because like when we're talking about settling for another human being, it's so disrespectful, right? Like that you would be settling for another person. And what I try to tell people is instead of using the settle, like, am I settling? Say, what am I choosing? Right? What am I choosing in the situation? Instead of being passive, it, it, it's active, right? So like, you know, as you're dating somebody new and you're like, am I settling here? No. What am I choosing? Am I, you're choosing this person, you're choosing all of the characteristics in him, you know, and who he is, right? And when you, when you choose, that doesn't, oh, I'm a victim. Oh, I'm settling. Oh, I'm not going to do that again. No, that actually makes you have to stand up and take notice and, and decide whether or not this is a great person for you or not. And then more importantly, help create a relationship that makes it a great person relationship, right? I, I, I hate that we are supposedly finding love. Like, what the fuck does that mean? We create relationships with another person. And we do that through communication. We do that through boundaries. We do that through, um, you know, problem solving and, and, and all of the things that really actually make relationships versus this, you know, crazy Hollywood ideal of, you know, we just fall into it. It just happens to us. Like, like we, like we don't play a part or something and then it either works out or it doesn't, which is ludicrous and ridiculous. I'm taking notes, man. I'm, I, I mean, uh, you said, you said some really great stuff, very specifically, uh, choosing someone, right. choosing a partner and a, and a set of qualities as opposed to the sort of passive settling and the idea of creating relationships instead of finding love, like you just stepped in it. Right. Um, it's like it's, dog it's, poop. Yes. You know? Like on a, on a day to day basis, what am I going to do to bring my best self and bring the best out of my partner? Um, and I find myself completely agreeing with you and, and knowing exactly where a viewer who might disagree with you is going to come in and say, but right, the all power for but bring it, but men, right? But but isn't it settling if, if I'm a woman who makes uh, $200,000 a year to date a man who makes less money? Isn't it settling if I'm objectively beautiful and I take care of my body to go out with a guy who's got a bit of a belly, right? I right. have all this stuff going for me. And don't I deserve some guy who's got everything going for him too? I mean, the amount of trigger I, 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 again, words. Again, I'm, play, I'm playing I know. a role. I know, and the amount of trigger words that you just had that make me go, oh my God, are you crazy right now? Are you kidding me? Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm super happy if somebody takes care of their body and good for them for going out making their career priority and making great money. Uh, what's that getting you at the end of the day? What do you need, right? Let's go back to what I said earlier. What do you need? Now, I'll tell you this, I make more money than my boyfriend. Let me, let me tell you this also, he's an amazing communicator and takes care of me so beautifully that I cry every time I talk about him on my podcast, right? So you have to decide what's really important to you. If it's somebody making more money than you, well, okay, that's fine. But is that getting you the relationship that you truly want? It's ridiculous. But, but, but. But men. <laughs> but, but can I have both? Why can't I have a guy who makes more money and is also a great communicator, Kira? 
Evan. So first of all, I, I want to back up a little bit and talk about guys. If you want right? to punch me, that's all right. Just no, know okay. that this is, this is, it's my day job. I, I think it might be yours too. It, it is. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about men in 2017 in a way that I don't think that we usually do. Um, I wrote this great article uh, a few years ago called Chivalry, Chivalry is Dead and You Fucking Killed It. And I wrote it because I wanted to explain to women that men don't know what they're doing out there, right? Our, uh, you know, our playing field has changed, right? The roles have changed. Women are now actually more educated than men are. More By women, I, yeah, absolutely, go to college more than men, right? 33% more degrees. <laughs> 33%? Wow, I didn't even know that. Uh, Datanomics by John Berger came out last Thank year. So you. yes, w women are graduating these days uh, at a 33% higher rate yeah, getting okay. bachelor's degrees. Right, so things are changing. And guess what? Men, 40, 50 years ago, they knew their role here, right? Their job for centuries was to be some kind of breadwinner, to be some kind of person who kind of took care financially and you know physically for the family. That's not true anymore. It's not true. And it's but weird I, But to I me. want it to be true, Kira. <laughs> but that's Gosh. the thing is, is I, but I don't understand why, why can't men still be chivalrous and protect and provide and do all those things? What's wrong with them that they're not doing these things anymore? Let's talk, so, so I have to break this down for you, Evan, because this, this conversation I think is huge and it's one that we're not having. So first of all, um, for some reason, all of these powerful women I know think that men were pulled in to see like the, the film strip of their lives somewhere around fifth or sixth grade, right? That told them how to be great men and strong men and also like female anatomy and how to communicate and how to be great. I mean, this film strip does not exist, okay? I will repeat, this film strip does not exist. These men are That would explain there. why they don't do it right, right? Absolutely. And, and let's think about, as women, when they're dating. Like, the best story I heard recently was um, this woman that I, I coached was starting to see this guy, and he was all up in her grill, right? Like, a few dates in, they were, uh, he was texting her every day. He was actually, like, sharing photos of his lunch, and she's like, what the fuck? What is he doing? I hear a lot of this. And, um, and she's just like, you know what? I had a couple great dates, but I think I'm out. And I'm like, do one thing for me, one favor, actually tell him, say, this isn't okay with me. This is what actually is, right? Like, I would love to hear from you like once or twice a day as we get to know each other more. Yeah. And he said, oh my gosh, thank you for letting me know my, my ex-girlfriend, this is how she wanted me to communicate with her or she'd freak out on me all the time. So think about it, right? So just when they figure it out with one woman, you know, and it ends, now there's another woman who wants something completely different, right? And then if we as women are not able to communicate what we need, right? And what we want and set boundaries, I mean, nobody knows what they're doing out there. Nobody knows. And the term is uh, make them wrong. So it's not just that he has a different way of doing things, that pre-existed you right. that may have worked for him or worked for some other girlfriend, right? It's that his way of doing things because it's not yours is inherently wrong and stupid. Oy vey. Oy vey. Which, which to me is, is, is sort of the biggest problem. It's not that two people um, who've never met are going to agree on everything. It would be impossible. It would be a very boring world if we agreed on everything. Right. It's 
can we disagree without immediately leaping to the, the worst conclusion about that person? And that's usually what happens, designed, wrapped in the idea that I don't want to get hurt, I don't want to waste time. So the second I see this guy didn't offer to pick up the, the, the check on the first date, he's obviously a cheap bastard who has no respect for women and you know, doesn't appreciate the rules of chivalry. And, okay, or he's just an egalitarian guy who had a feminist girlfriend who realized that he, that wasn't the way she wanted to do things with the old school masculine role and he was respecting her. And so there's, there's this sort of big disconnect between what you described the film strip, I call it the rule book, I say he's never read he's never read your rule book so how could he be expected to have memorized it and then let's think also about right i mean evan i love to talk about the fact that in the 70s i'm part of the generation now that we know that we're the same age where i was encouraged that we women could do anything right it's amazing like that we could be doctors and astronauts and whatever i am part of that generation so we did this for women we said um when you're the young girl like whatever you want to be if you work hard enough you can get it right what did we do for men did we actually, in that moment, say to them, and by the way, you can actually express feelings. You can actually share what you're thinking and not be made fun of in our society or culture. We did it. So we, we did something for women that we didn't do for men. We didn't allow them to then uh, get characteristics or be okay with having characteristics that would be stronger for relationship. That's right. And, because, and, because good relationships require that women embrace some form of femininity and right. men embrace some form of femininity as well, which is asking questions, listening to answers, right. sharing, being vulnerable, being selfless, really being about others. If feminine energy is about being supportive and masculine energy is about self, good relationships have a lot of feminine energy. And again, it's, I think it's why women should run the world. I mean, uh, <laughs> right. you know, I, I think, I think there is something to it because it's not about dominance or winning, which is a very masculine thing. And if, if, if a man and a woman bring dominance, I'm going to put my foot down and get my way. Who's going to be in a relationship with you except someone with no self-esteem? You know, but I think that also, you know, Evan, what you're describing is that I think we also have to realize that we're both right as, as females we usually have some level of feminine and masculine energy and men have some level of masculine and feminine energy during my relationship for the first year i mean my boyfriend's way more sensitive than i am like and it's awesome like because we come to a great place understanding each other because once again i expressed what i needed i you know told him i taught him how to tr yeah, treat me and then i encouraged him to do the same mm -hmm. and in that process we created an incredible relationship but, you know, I also then looked for the things that really meant something to me, right? Did, did your coaching help you find him? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because you know what? Like, I can't talk the talk and not walk the walk. Yep. You know what I mean? And it was hard. And I luckily have tons of friends who are life coaches. So I'd be like, I want to do this, but I can't, you know, but I know that it's not the right thing to do. Sure. And, you know, and once again, you know, when you're the women you're talking about who, like uh, he didn't pay, he's obviously cheap, whatever. Is that a, is that a fear-based decision or is that a love-based decision? Because let me tell you, the love-based decision is asking a question. The love-based decision is setting a boundary. And I'll tell you, if you're not sure like why you're, why you're single, start looking at what you're making decisions out of right there. But I'll tell you, I think guys have it at heart out there. I really do. We are expecting them to still like be the ones who take the lead. Right? But well, when they take the lead, they, they do it wrong. 
Right. Absolutely. It's, I mean, and then, or they did it the way that they know last time with their last girlfriend or the girlfriend before. And then they're, you know, I mean, how ridiculous to expect that somebody knows exactly what you think. I mean, I also wrote an article called guys don't meet, read minds, get over it. You know what I mean? They don't. It's our job to share what we want. And if you're not willing to do that, you're not actually willing to have a relationship. I will say nothing on top of that. <laughs> you aren't. You, if you are not willing to get clear on who you are and what you need and ask for that from another person, you don't actually want a relationship. You don't. What do you want? You want to be victims, right? You want to be like, why is the world so mean to me? Or why are men not right? Or what, what's wrong with men? Honestly, like if you're not willing to show up as who you are, be vulnerable. Ooh, that's a big one I work on with, you know, because the women who come to me are usually pretty strong. Um, you know, set boundaries, then you are not actually creating something with someone. You want it to just fall into place. What in life falls into place? Doctors don't get to be doctors because they walk in one day and say, I'm a doctor, let's do this. You know, they do it by hey, people learning, understanding. People think relationships are different. I breathe, therefore I deserve love. Well, I think we know that's bullshit. So I, I think that we know that you have to uh, show up in a kind place. I think you have to show up with teaching people how to treat you. I think you have to own what you are teaching people, what you're allowing and, and how in the choices you're making. And if you're not, then good luck with, because you might find a relationship, but I bet it's not going to be healthy. Yeah. Because I'm not helping people find relationships. I'm helping them find something that actually feels good. I wake up every day knowing I'm loved for exactly who I am. One, of the, one part of what I do is I teach, teach self-awareness, like deep self-awareness, right? So what, what you need. Um, and then the second thing is I, I teach is confidence. And I know you teach confidence too, right? Is, is the confidence to actually be able to express it to another person. Because it's one thing if you actually know, and it's another to say it to somebody else. But the third thing I do is I teach relationship skills, right? Like how to communicate on a higher level, how to fight fair, how to like... Um, actually understand your relationship style. So who's going to be a good match for you versus who is not, you know, just things that should have been taught in sixth grade and weren't. Um, and I find that it's really important and people don't like it, but we have to get conscious as we go into these relationships. It's amazing to me, Evan, that we still date very primal, right? Like very like, I like this person. They make me feel good. Um, I'm not going to actually think about it. I'm just going to like think that, you know, hopefully it'll work out, right? Like we don't, we, we, we go completely on feelings versus is this person actually going to be a great father? You know, I'm not saying that's a first date thought, but before you're getting into a monogamous relationship, you better fully understand like what you're looking for. And if that person's actually fits into that characteristic, right? And that that's something that they also want. We don't have those conversations and it's, it's the silliest thing I've ever heard. I have a client and uh, she might not be a client anymore. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I definitely ripped into her during a coaching call because she's seeing a guy for a year. I'm not positive if he's her boyfriend one year in. Um, he says he wants marriage and children. She's 38. But he never really mentions marriage and children, um, which is an unusual thing for someone who wants it. People who want it talk about it. Right. And I told her she needs to have a conversation with him. She's like, oh, and she just give him an ultimatum. I was like, no, I'm not, there's no time frame. Just find out if the guy you're seeing is your boyfriend and 
let him know that you are 38 and the statistics are pretty dire for getting pregnant at the age of 40. And you're not putting a gun to his head, but you just want to make sure that you're on the same page for what happens over the next year and that he's conscious of making some decisions. You're not going to force him into it, but just find out, does he want, does he have the agenda of getting married and having children, right, soon? Because if he doesn't, you're wasting your time. Can I, 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 can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't do that. I, th- I mean, I think he does. I mean, he says he wants to have a family. I was like, but has he ever talked about it with you? She said, no. I said, then you have to have this fucking conversation. And I think that's when she tuned me out. You have to have this conversation because your whole life pivots on it. Because we could have this conversation, you and I, in a year, and you just wasted your last childbearing year on this guy who was perfectly content with what you had now, all because you were afraid to bring up something. So don't be afraid to bring it up. Because if he wants to be the father of your children, he's not going to be bothered. And if he doesn't, he's going to say a bunch of, uh, 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 well, why do we have to define it? And you'll know that you got to get out. But either way, you're going to have a moment of clarity just by expressing what you're thinking. And she is petrified, petrified of just saying what she's thinking because she knows it'll probably end things. Let me tell you this. The fact that she got into this relationship this far, like without clarifying is, is so kind of harmful to her self-esteem. So that, that's first. I mean, I, I want to have a whole nother hour-long conversation with you about this. I'll come, uh, on, your, I'll come on your podcast. How about well, that? Well, my podcast is only seven minutes, so it's going to be a really short Okay, so we'll do, we'll do four. <laughs> so, I mean, but the thing is, is that I, there's two things I want to say there. Is like, number one, um, we need to fully understand that vulnerability, vulnerability is where love is at. Right. One of the things that I think our culture is really pushing with online and Instagram and everything else is that um, people want to look perfect and be perfect and all of these things. But ultimately, love lies in the vulnerabilities. You can't love perfect. You can only love and appreciate and take care where the vulnerabilities lie. And one of the things that I say is that, you know, my relationship was not built in, you know, Costa Rica on trips or all of these romantic moments. My relationship is built and thrives in the place of where I'm on the couch talking about how I'm struggling with my weight right now. Or, you know, my boyfriend going through rehab because he did. You know, those are the times where we connected deeper and deeper until I I never questioned this relationship. I never questioned where we're at. And how wonderful, how wonderful not to have to live with those questions about, is he going to be next to me tomorrow morning? Is he going to freak out? Right. Absolutely. Because I have been myself and vulnerable this whole entire time and encourage him to do the same. And because of that, we are rock solid. There is no questions in my mind. So first of all, you know, unless she's willing to be vulnerable, she's never going to create that deeper connection. That happens all over the place, right? Where you have this year to year and a half where it's like honeymoon and everything they do is great. And you don't want to bring stuff up because you don't want to upset them and stuff like that. And then nobody ever learns how to communicate. They don't know how to solve problems together. You don't get vulnerable. And then there starts to be a disconnect. And that disconnect is what virtually usually makes or breaks marriages somewhere down the road or relationships. Because people, women especially, never want to get vulnerable enough to create a deeper connection. And if we are kind of willing to sometimes lead that, lead the way on that, men are not going to be vulnerable. It's not something that they're, it's encouraged in our society. No, right? you got you to lead by example. And as you said, you show people how to treat you. And you, give them, you, give, you give them the roadmap and you see if they follow. If they don't follow, then go find another guy. But you have to give them the map. 
So does this tie into your concept of an owner's manual? Absolutely, because you know what? So the owner's manual is what I do with people. Uh, it's a class, I also do it in coaching, it's a process. That's all I do with people, right? And I also do retreats and things like that. We just did one called No Cheese Left Behind here in Wisconsin. I feel like you'd appreciate that. Um, where there was a scavenger. Uh, the owner's manual, like I said, it's, it's a little bit of, you know, true freaking self-knowledge, like how you learn to love. We have a whole week where we just talk about what you learned about love, because guess what? It's different. And if you are expecting everybody to love you the same way, right, or has learned the same things, I mean, you are constantly setting yourself or that relationship up for failure. Um, you know, we do relationship skills. We, we really go into truths versus perspectives, understanding this filter we have about how we see the world. When you were talking about people who are like, men are this and men are that, you know, your perspective um, is not a truth and it's hurting you. Right. And we have to get very clear on what's the actual real of the situation versus what's the perspective of the situation. You know, we also work on boundaries, we work on communications. We work on, like I said, skills. But the thing is, is that the biggest part of the owner's manual is we understand that every person is different. What I need is different than what you need is different than the next person next to me needs. And you have to know that and you have to be able to communicate it because that's how great relationships are made. And I'm going to just tell you like a quick, like to, to pull the, the vulnerability and my own personal story in. I'm an anxious dater. Like, I don't know, Evan, if you, you do attachment styles, but I'm an anxious attachment style. Um, I can talk myself in and out of a relationship in seven seconds flat. Like, you know, if I think like something's going, you know, that's where I struggle. Now I can take that back to stuff with my dad and everything that doesn't matter in this moment, but that it's very tough for me. If I am dating somebody who is not willing to show up on a regular basis, that consistency is what makes me feel good. And if I don't have it, it's a struggle. So within the first couple of weeks of my relationship, I um, sat down with Danny, that's my boyfriend. And I just kind of said, you know, I, I, I have this great like template on how to have tough conversations. And I just said, you know, I want you to know something about me. This is my stuff. I'm working on it. Um, but because I'm anxious when I don't hear from you, it's, it, it, you know, it makes me a little crazy in the head. Now that's, that's like, once again, my stuff. However, if you would be willing to reach out once a day, say hello, I'm going to feel better. And if I feel better, I'm going to be great, better in this relationship. And we're just going to be able to move forward in a way that I haven't in the past. So a, I had to get vulnerable, right? That was hard. Like I almost like, I think I was shaking during that conversation, you know? And the funny thing is, is he was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Thanks for letting me know. I, I could have predicted that one. Right. He was like, oh, okay. You know, and then he did that every day until, you know, we eventually moved in together and, and that's where we're at right now. So, um, but I, I also was teaching him if we need something in this relationship, we bring it up right at the end of that conversation. I said, and if you need something from me, let me know. Mm -hmm. And that's what I would say every time I had this tough conversation and he'd be like, no, no, I'm okay. Until he started going, Oh, actually, you know, could you, like, when you say that, like, it kind of hurts my feelings. And I'm like, oh, like when he pointed out when we watched Lost, that my constant com comments about Sawyer did not make him feel good. <laughs> I was like, oh, am I doing that? Oh, okay. Sorry. And, and, and I would, I don't want to hijack things. Yeah. Um, I'm more on your team with that one. Uh, like, I, 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 I really, I could understand that level of insecurity. I do think it's absurd to spend a half a second worrying about like, you're my boyfriend, he's a dude on TV, come on. On the other side of that though, he's being real with me. In that moment, I, 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 I that's get exactly it. what he's feeling and I want him to share it because you know what, I have weird moments too, where I'm like, I know I'm being weird about this, but I wanna tell you because I want us to fix this. And we do. I, uh, 
To me, the fix is to fix the insecurity, not to police the speech in general. But I understand, like I, I've, I've gone through many rounds of this with right. girlfriends and clients, and I always end up on the side of trust that the person who's with you is, loves you and is attracted to you and their attraction for someone else really is not remotely a threat and thick in the skin rather than having everybody walk on eggshells around you. That's my Absolutely. But, I but also I, love think that fact, I love the fact that you listened right. and validated. And I also think that's sometimes ideal, right? Because like to me, that's what the owner's manual is, really kind of knowing your stuff that maybe isn't going to go away all the time yeah. so that you can communicate it with someone else. That's right. You know, and, and so, and, and I encouraged him to do that because was he worried that I was going to run off with Sawyer from Lost? No. Uh, you know, but it's, it's, instead, it allows us to have that open communication about how we're feeling. And yeah. that's, to me, what is the gold in that in, in a control In a controlled environment where right. he, he says it in such a way that's, you know, not overly emotional, not attacking, but right. hey, just while we're talking about things, it kind of bugs me when you do that and you can hear him. And that's, I think right. that's great. Yeah, absolutely. So how, so can, how can people follow up with you? They fell in love with uh, your, your directness and your big thinking and your deep well of compassion today. So how do they engage you? I know I've got a link to uh, a League of Adventurous singles audio book that you can get right. for free. Absolutely. That is my, it just came out in the last month, actually. It was an audio book I, I wrote. It's about 40 minutes long. It's great to listen to on your way to work or, or back, okay. but I think it's got some great, just some just really great knowledge about, you know, uh, why we are kind of in the situation that we're in in 2017 with mm -hmm. the way we see it with relationships and expectations and what media plays. It's pretty smart. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty smart. I like, the fact that, I, I like the fact that you believe in your stuff. That's good. You should. Ah. Hey, I mean, what am I doing here at this point if I, if I don't? I'm with yeah. you. I'm so with you. Uh, that's, a, that's a great way to start. And with that, you actually get a free membership into the league where there's like a, a great new backend site that has all of these freebies and a community you can join. And that's all for free because I, I want to change the culture. Like that's huge for me. And I'll tell you, Kira's stuff is, is fun and funny and outrageous and inspiring. Uh, I, I go to her website and I just look around. And I'm like, oh man, how could I do that? really really great stuff thank so thank you, you. thank, thank you, you for being here thank you for sharing so much and being so generous with our audience today we went a little over time and i hope it was worth it for you and for, for everybody here awesome thank you for having me i really appreciate it it's my pleasure thank thank you my listeners for joining me here on the love you podcast my name is evan marquette next week we're discussing what is sure to be a hot top hot button topic are gender stereotypes true don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and YouTube. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter. Best of all, I give away the most free dating and relationship advice on www.evanmarkcats.com. Give me your name and email address. I will help you find the love that you deserve. I'll see you again next week on the Love You Podcast.